Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, how are you? Hello, hello. Sometimes I'm just so super glad that you actually cannot see me because I think right now I'm going to do this whole podcast. You can probably hear me moving around a bit. I'm going to do this podcast with a tissue hanging out my nose. (laughs) It's really attractive. Bit of TMI, hey, to start the day. Is anyone else having like hay fever issues? I am not a hay fever person. Every now and then though, like every few years I get this blocked sinus, usually on one side, now it's the other side. And literally my nose is blocked and running at the same time. So I just walk around my house with a tissue hanging out my nose. Cameron really struggles with it. He's like, I cannot take you seriously. That is so gross. Anyway, so I'm really sorry if you I'll try so hard not to sniff. And if worst case scenario, I'm just going to shove a t- tissue up my nose and be really glad that this is audio only. Tell me that I'm not the only one that suffers with these issues. All right. Um, hey, good to be back with you. I know I missed last Friday too. Oh, don't even have a good reason. What was I doing? I can't remember. I can't remember, but I'm still recovering from my couple of busy weeks. And uh, no, I did have something on every night. I I can't remember, but I'm really sorry because sometimes you guys are like, what? I go to the I go to the Spotify or Apple and it's not there. So anyway, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Um, so I thought today, episode 140 actually, I wanted to talk about raising godly kids. Um, I, I kind of don't even like the topic name really in the sense of, I don't know, it just sounds... It sounds kind of Ned Flanders like to talk about that. Ooh, how to raise godly children. Um, But it is really important. What I mean is how do you raise kids, um, you know, who grow up uh, retaining, I guess, the godly values that you try and raise them in. That's probably a better way of saying it. You know, how to help that um, those values that you might have um, transferred to your kids. I've heard Dennis Prager, who you guys know that I love, Fireside Chats, you know, he talks about how, um, you know, some people say, oh, it's so wrong. You shouldn't put your religious beliefs onto your children. But he's like, hello, of course you should. That like, don't we all put our beliefs onto our children? If you're not religious, then you're putting your not religious beliefs onto your children. So there you go. That one's for free. I I remember hearing that and thinking that was awesome. The other thing that I want to say is this. I know that there have been the most wonderful parents over the years and they've done everything right. You know, they have raised their kids to the best standard that they know how And yet for whatever reason, you know, their kids do decide perhaps when they're adults to walk away from that. And, um, you know, and so I don't want anyone um, in that situation to feel judged in any way, shape or form, because at the end of the day, we do our best as parents and we can only do what we can do, but our children become adults and they've got to make their own decisions. So we can set them up with the best win possible, but they have to make their own decisions. And, you know, life happens along the way and not all of them will decide 
to adopt those values. But can I say this, if you're listening and maybe one or two or whatever of your kids have perhaps, you know, walked away from those values, you know, the game's not over yet, right? And the Bible does say that, um, you know, that we will always, um, you know, that God's word never returns void. And I always believe that everything you do as a parent is sowing seeds into your children. And whether it might look like you're reaping that right now or not, or that you're getting fruit from that right now or not, don't give up, you know, because um, there's a lot of time left where those that, that could change. And who knows what maybe might bring your kids back to those beliefs one day. And so, yeah. And I might talk about that at the end because all of Cameron's siblings, um, particularly him and his brother, walked away from God. So I will share with you at the end what his mum did in that case. Um, but what have we done? Um, I just want to share with you again, um, you know, what I tell you, gosh, it's certainly not the be all and end all. Um, as you know, my kids are 20, George's 20, Liam's 18 and Ashton has just turned 16. And, you know, all three of them love God and are in church and, um, you know, they all have their own Bibles and I see them reading their Bibles, doing their devotions, all in very different ways. Um, And so I'm really grateful for that. So I can only share what Cameron and I have done up until this far. I don't know if I've kind of covered everything that we've done, but we'll give it a crack. Um, But then, like I said, I'll talk at the end at what Cameron's mum did when him and his brother walked away. So I'm going to give you about one, two, three, four, what have I written down? Five, six, seven. I'm going to give you about eight or nine. Oh, maybe I'm going to give you 10. Oh, okay. I better get through them. Different things um, that we have done that I think have helped to contribute. And the first one is this, have God at the center of your family. Um, I think that's just, gosh, so important. The alternate to that is that God is just uh, like a tick box somewhere on the side and everything else comes first and everything else, you know, does not revolve around that, but your schedule comes first. Uh, Other values come first. So I'm not talking about, you know, and it's like, oh yes, we, we go to church on a Sunday and because of that, we're Christians. Like that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God being the very center of your life, the very center of your family, that everything that you do and the very essence of who you are is based on that value. Um, You know, for us, it's just an absolute given that Jesus and our love for God is literally the center of who we are individually. And I think that's where it starts. It starts with you individually as parents, because if God is at the center of your heart individually, then it's going to flow into the way you raise your family. One of my absolute favorite scriptures is Deuteronomy chapter six, verse seven, where it says, um, let me give you the New Living Translation, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. 
Or another version says, um, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So we just tried to bring God into every area, but not in a really gumby way, you know, in a super spiritual kind of a way. I think I've seen parents over the years that have been super spiritual and it kind of hasn't ended well. I'm talking about just doing it in a really normal, natural way. I mean, let me give you an example. Um, All all three of our kids needed jobs recently. Um, Georgia, because she just came back from interstate, and Liam, because he just finished one of his courses, um, like a design course, and Ashton, because, you know, he had turned 16 and was like, I need to go and get myself a part-time job. And so we're like, you know what, let's, um, let's, let's tell Nana and Grandpa to pray because Nana and Grandpa pray um, and take communion every morning together. Oh my gosh, like we're so blessed to have um, grandparents in their lives that pray for them. So we're like, let's pray about it and let's be specific. And, you know, we would just kind of talk naturally that, you know, God wants to uh, look after you guys. You you are all good kids. You've all worked really hard. So let's believe. And then one by one. So I think it was Ashton first that got his job at um, QBD bookstore. And he was so diligent about it. So cute putting in his resume. And he was so nervous when I was dropping him off. And he'd always be like, mom, pray for me before I go in and drop my resume off. And, you know, and it wasn't in a weird way. It was just, that's just what we do. This is just what we do. What we do, this is who we are. We love God and he's a part of every part of our life. And, um, you know, and then uh, honestly, just incredible. When you when you put God at the center like that, I just really believe that God absolutely delights in answering our prayers and, and to show your kids that he is real and he wants to answer their prayers. Now, that doesn't mean he's the Father Christmas God that will always give them what they want. But, you know, I do believe that God wants to show our kids that he is real and that he cares about these things. And so, you know, the next minute Ashton gets his job at QBD and like they don't usually employ boys. And so they were like, you're one of the first boys we've employed, but we're so impressed. Um, and then um, Georgia got offered total dream job as like an assistant social worker while she's also um, studying social work. So that was awesome. We're just like, like, that's just unbelievable. And then Liam, um, his took a little bit longer to come through, but you know, he was getting some really great freelance work. And the next thing he just got a full-time job as a digital designer for a really big company. Um, well, they're actually global, but a very big company. Um, he's specifically working in this surf, dive and ski, um, part as a digital designer, honestly, incredible, not even starting as a junior. Um, you know, and so what we did then is where we just do a quick thank you to God in the car. Like we will say something like, Oh my gosh, guys, look at how good God has been. And then we'll just do a quick family prayer. Like, thank you, God. But we don't do that all the time. We're literally not that kind of family that go, let's do family devotions tonight. Like we just don't do that. Um, but we just try and make God as real as possible in every area. You know, if they've got a problem or, you know, if they are sick and if Ashton gets sick, he's like, mom, brave me or, you know, whatever, just bringing God into everything in a natural way, as, as naturally as breathing. Show them, show them what it means to have God at the center. Okay. I can't believe I talked that long on that, but there you go. I feel like stories kind of help. Um, so secondly, pray for your kids. Uh, the second I found out I was pregnant, I started praying over my kids. Um, I have particular scriptures that I feel God's given me. 
to pray over my kids. Um, one in particular being Psalm, I think it's 112, that planted in the house of the Lord that you shall flourish. And so, you know, I often pray that over them. Um, but when they were babies, I used to to try and keep myself awake when I was feeding them. I would pray over them and I'd pray through the alphabet. I'd think of something for A and B and C and D. I would always pray over them when I put them to bed. Um, And then I would also do intentional prayers. If you want to learn more about this, I read a book. um, There's a lady called Stormy O'Martian, O-M-A-R-T-I-A-N. She's got a whole series on praying over all sorts, praying for your husband, praying for your kids, praying through fear, um, all, all kind of on the prayer theme. And I remember reading the one about praying for your kids. And she talked about, don't let things just happen to your kids. Pray intentionally before that. So here were some of the things I used to pray for. And I learned this from her book. Um, I used to pray over the seed of salvation. So that's what she called it. So when they would first give their life to Jesus, that was like a little seed, the little seed of salvation. I have always prayed over that, that God would protect it, that it would grow, that nothing would be able to take that away from them, that, you know, they doubt wouldn't take it away. Other people's values or influence wouldn't be able to take that away, that nothing could basically take away God's salvation that he planted in my kids, but it would grow and produce much fruit. I think that is a very powerful thing to do. I would also pray over their friendships. I'd pray godly friends into their life. I pray for their future spouses all the time. Um, No idea who they are, but I'm always like, God, you know who they are. And I pray specifically about the kind of um, spouses that um, I want to see being brought into their lives. I prayed Every year in primary and high school, I would pray that God would bring them the right teacher for the following year, the teacher that would help them grow and all of that kind of stuff. Um, All right, so that's number two. I cannot believe how quickly time's going. I thought this would be a quick podcast. Number three, pray with your kids. Now, I talked about this before. I've also talked about it in another podcast, but um, I did devotions every night with my kids. And Cameron will tell you, he would come downstairs here and tell you, I was better at this than him. So if one of you is more of a consistent personality, then you take the leadership in this area. Um, But I did devotions every single night with my kids, and I think that really helped. And I would pick books that really suited their personality. Um, You know, pray with them if they hurt themselves, if they had an issue, we would pray. And they're not long prayers, you know, just quick. Um, For example, Ashton's been... Um, doing exams lately. And it's the first lot of exams he's ever done. So every morning he's like, mom, pray for my legal studies exam today. You know, so it's just like I said, really natural. Um, Cameron's mum was super good at this. She told me this, tells me this story. Well, Cameron tells me this story when he was going into year eight at school and he was really nervous. And he was like, mom, I'm so nervous about going into year eight. Can you come and pray for me? So she prayed with him Um, just briefly. But then she said to him, I want you to now sit with God and pray yourself. And honestly, so amazing. God spoke to Cameron at the age of 13 and he wrote it down in his diary, which I think he's still got. And God spoke to him because of that situation. I mean, if I was his mom, I would have probably sat with him and pampered him a bit more and, oh, you poor thing. I know you're so nervous and let's pray. And then let me give you tips for tomorrow. But she literally just walked out and said, now you you talk to God, which was really good because it meant she was pushing him to rely on God instead of on her. And God spoke to him 
really clearly that one day he would um, see that he would travel around Australia. He would see lots of people saved and his wife would do it with him. That brings tears to my eyes. But there you go. That was because he had a praying mum. Okay, uh, next, number three, four, one, two, three, four, go to church every Sunday. (gasps) Did I say every? Now, any pastor will tell you, most people come, it was one in two, then it was one in three, and now regular means one once a month. Um, I'm not saying this to you because I am a pastor leading a church. I'm saying this to you as a mum. I'm saying this to you as a person who's always gone to church my entire life. And now as a mum with my three kids, it is not negotiable. Once a month is not regular. Once a fortnight is not even regular. Um, It's non-negotiable that every Sunday, this is who we are and this is what we do. You will put time into what you prioritize. If you only take your family to church once a month, then that tells your kids pretty quickly where God is on the importance factor and the priority factor in your family. Um, So it's non-negotiable in our family that we do church every Sunday. It's also non-negotiable that my kids do youth. Kids church, I was never so fussed about because I actually think it's good for kids to sit in church church. In fact, I'd like to... uh, like have seen more kids sitting in church instead of always being out in kids' church. Um, but once they hit youth age, they had to go to youth and find the youth group, find a youth group they love so that they actually want to go. Uh, I cannot tell you how many families don't come regularly to church. They prioritize sport or just other things. And then when they have trouble with their kids as teenagers, guess where they come to? They come to Cameron and I and, uh, you know, wanting us to help them. And a part of me, honestly, I'm probably a bit tough, but I'm honestly like, don't come to me. Like you can't even come to church regularly. So don't expect me to come and fix your kids. Like, you know, just at least do the regulars, but I'll bend over backwards for people that I can see are prioritizing God in their family. I've just, I've seen the fruit of it. And that's why I think I get a bit mad on this one. Cause I'm like, it's just lazy. It's lazy. And, um, it's, it's just not, it's not right. And I've seen good fruit of living the way that God tells us to live. All right. Number five, I think we are on first time obedience is a really important um, principle in raising godly kids. I've talked about this so many times because it is literally one of the key values of Cameron's and my parenting. But um, when they learn first time obedience, they learn to discern, discern wise voices in their life. And I remember my um, pastor Andrew, and which was Russell and Ashley's mum. Sorry, father. His wife, Pastor um, Mrs. Mrs. E. We called her Mrs. Evans. She always said, if they can obey my voice that they can hear, then it prepares them to obey God's voice, which they cannot hear. So if that's the only reason that you do first-time obedience, believe me, there's a million more benefits to it, but it teaches them to obey your voice so that then one day they will not hesitate in obeying God's voice. All right, big one here, number six, don't spoil them. This is a huge key behind raising godly kids. Do not spoil them. Now, this might seem like a weird one, but believe me, I have seen the result far too often of parents who give their kids everything they want. 
What do you think a godly life looks like? What do you think a life set apart for Jesus requires? It certainly does not mean that you will get everything you want when you want it. It does not mean you will have a life that revolves around you, which is what spoiling them teaches them. Not spoiling them um, sets them up for good character. I have seen, I've seen pastors spoil their kids and they don't make them responsible for anything. They don't make them work for anything. Um, They protect them when they should be letting them reap the consequence of their actions. I know of, you know, some young people who are so spoiled, but they get leadership positions. And even when they do wrong, they're covered and protected. This does not create godly character in our kids. This actually sets them up for a poor character and, quite frankly, to be bad bosses um, when they're older. Teach delayed gratification. I will do a whole podcast on delayed gratification, but make them work for things. Make them responsible. Make them have a secular boss who is tough on them. Okay, next one. I've lost what number I'm up to, six or seven. Teach them to separate their walk with God from their walk with the church. This is important. So teach them to separate uh, their their faith in God from church. Um, you know, some people go, oh, never let your kids, you know, never talk, never let your kids see the negative side of church life. Cameron and I actually did the opposite. We did let them see to a degree um, because we didn't want them to have this pie in the sky view that church was perfect so that they would be disillusioned one day when they saw the negative because everyone's human. So of course there's going to be downsides. Um, I know a lot of kids who grew up and then left their faith because they saw their parents get hurt by the church. Now, Cameron and I could pull that card and say, oh, we've been hurt by the church, but we just never would use that card. We never say that whether there are people, there will always be issues. We always told our kids, people can hurt you anywhere. Like I'm a teacher, so you're going to see the bad side sometimes or a bit of a downside to a school when I teach there. And so therefore your walk with God is separate from that. Your walk with God, you're responsible for that. Nothing interferes with that. And um, we were honest if something not so great happened, and then we showed them how to process it. And so I think that's been a huge key. Like my kids are not like, oh, you know, people in the church suck or church is horrible. And so I'm going to walk away from God. This is all, you know, religion, blah, blah, blah. No, they know that their walk with God is completely separate and God never lets us down, but people will, and we will let other people down. And that's just a part of life. So helping them to deal with conflict when it happens, not if, but when is huge. Okay. Next, put them in environments where they will encounter God. I remember being taught this one when my kids were pretty young. I remember just, you know, I remember asking questions like, oh my gosh, how do I raise my kids so that they love God? And I remember someone telling me, put them intentionally into environments where they'll encounter God. So youth was one of those. But the other one that's super important, make them go to youth camps and conferences. That's why Cameron and I love running Youth Alive. And we we use that value. We say to our guy, or, you know, the, the leaders that are, um, that we know the youth pastors, the youth leaders get the kids to conferences and to camps because God can fast track in one weekend what it might take a whole year of Fridays to do. 
Um, and so it's very powerful because all your kid needs is one encounter with God that they will never forget. So intentionally position them there. Okay. Um, next one, help them develop the the habit of spending time with God themselves. I won't talk much about that one because I have spoken about this on the podcast before. So whatever that looks like for you, help them to do it regularly when they're little and then encourage them as they get older to, you know, like Georgia will journal a lot. You'll never see the boys, oh, Ashton might, but Liam, you'll never see him journaling. So um, help them to enjoy the way that they spend time with God. Help them to understand the way that they spend time with God best. Okay. And one more, deal with their character and their moral heart. Okay. Deal with their character and moral heart. So I work with young people all the time. And I would say a really good portion of the young people that I work with come to me with some major parenting that seems to have been missed. It never ceases to amaze me some of the basics that I have to teach young people. So many things that I need to teach them because either their parents never taught them or never made them accountable when they did teach them. So, you know, things like teach them how to respect authority, teach them how to speak to to adults and to other people in authority. Like so many I find um, are super like familiar with me or a bit rude or they don't even know how to text. Like they'll text me and go, hey, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I would never say that to, you know, someone who I respect that's older than me or just anyone. I would say, oh, you know, hello, Julie, how are you today? I'd never go, hey, just things like that. Um, you know, teaching them um, to clean up after themselves. I literally have to teach the academy students all the time. Literally push your chair in, wipe your table down, and now let's all go to the kitchen and see if we cleaned up after ourselves. Whereas like I've taught my kids all that. I just don't get it. Um, Following through on things, the number of uh, students that think it's okay just not to do assignments, they actually think it's funny. I have people coming into my office laughing that they didn't hand up assignments. And I'm like, okay, you've got no sense of responsibility. How can you have gotten through... 13 years of schooling and then all of that parenting and not been made responsible. But that's our fault as parents. So we need to do better at teaching our kids to be responsible for themselves and to teach them character and their moral heart. I know I have people sometimes come to me that have an issue with their kids and they literally throw their hands up in the air like, I've done everything and I don't know why they keep doing this. And I'm like, I wish I could super nanny you and come to your house and be a fly on the wall because... It's funny how people sometimes, as parents, we can think that we've done everything, but if your kid clearly has got an issue in a particular area, then you haven't done everything. But I know it's frustrating because what we need to do in those cases is to pray and say, God, please give me the key. I don't know what to do here. I've exhausted all my natural options. Give me the key. I've done that many times where I've kind of come to the end of myself and Cameron and I don't know what else to do. And so we're like, God, give us the key. You've Remember, you've got the Holy Spirit to help you. All right. So we've hit up our time. I didn't get to tell you about Cameron's mom and what she did. Um, I'll have to do that another time. But there's about nine or so 
different uh, things that we've done um, that I think have helped to raise godly kids. But like I said, it's not an exhaustive list. I'm sure that there are people here, there are beautiful parents and grandparents that I know listen that I am sure could absolutely add to that list because you, um, a lot of you that I know have got beautiful kids. So I hope that's helped you guys. And I hope you have the most wonderful week. Go get cracking on your Christmas shopping. That's what I'm going to do because I have oh my god I haven't even started I think I said last podcast I was going to start and I didn't so I hope you are further ahead than I am anyway love you all and I'll be with you next Wednesday bye